Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Duckworth, also known as The Big Speaker. My goal with this podcast is ultimately to get someone hired. I know all too well the impacts of unemployment and layoffs. My guests and I hope to provide insight and resources that will support someone in gaining their next opportunity. You can support the Hilariously Unemployed podcast and those who are impacted by unemployment by giving this podcast a five-star review, sharing it with someone who's hiring, or someone who's hilariously unemployed. I hope that you enjoy the show and find some laughter throughout. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Hilariously Unemployed podcast. I am your host and favorite opportunity seeker, the big speaker. I'm so thrilled to be back in this space with you all on Friday. I can't tell you how much I just miss this outlet and being able to talk to different folks, tell their unemployment stories. And you know, this podcast is all about my mission. I am truly trying to get somebody hired through this podcast, through using my voice, amplifying others in my network. So if you are hiring, you know someone who's hiring, you know somebody that needs inspiring or somebody that needs a good laugh on this Friday, do me a favor and go ahead and invite them to the live show. If you're listening to us on podcast platforms, share this podcast with your folks. Don't forget to download, subscribe, and give us five stars. And we are always looking for sponsors, whether in my personal life, my next billionaire ex-husband, or in my professional life. Yes, the podcast is always welcoming sponsors. So if you'd like to sponsor an episode of The Hilariously Unemployed, just reach out to your girl. My DMs are always open, both personally and professionally, to take your money, folks. And I do really cute custom commercials. So if you want one, just let me know. All right, y'all. So my rent. Well, it's been a lot going on. Like literally, y'all can hear the dog. He's back. You know, he never misses the episode of this show and a chance to bark at the Amazon person. So anyway, my life. Wow. Am I still hilariously unemployed? Because that's usually the first question I, <laughs> I ask my guests. So my friends would say no, but for the brand, branding's sake. We're going to say I am hilariously unemployed adjacent. I am happily self-employed, happily living in my entrepreneurial space where I am beyond booked and busy from everything from speaking, facilitating, coaching to building websites for my friends to highlight their brands, supporting others in any way that I can. Um, my life has been filled with so many opportunities to connect since I started this show and was telling y'all my sob story about not having a job. Now I have more work than sometimes I know what to do with. And I wind up in my bed, cuddle with my stuffed animals because y'all know I got ADHD and I need that sensory recharge. But honestly, I'm so very happy to be in this space. And I'm still on my mission, y'all, to get people hired. So regardless of my employment status and how much I've been doing, This podcast will remain in this place until we do what we set out to do. Let's get somebody hired. And then if we get sponsored, we're going to keep this thing going, okay? So I would like to welcome back to the show a guest that we had on last season. This woman is truly a light. She is a shining light. She is so amazing. Her energy is something that really charges me up. And just hearing her and her spirit Uh, really helps me when I'm down. And I know that she's impacted so many others. She is still, unfortunately, hilariously unemployed, but 
It is my hope that we'll be changing that status sometime this year, maybe through this podcast or maybe through one of the connections that someone here has for you. I am welcoming back strategic HR person, global people operations genius and guru, Jay Russ to the show. Jay Russ, tell the hilarious what's up. Welcome back. Oh, hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) You're bringing so much good big speaker energy. Thanks, Dana. Oh, man. I had a long time. It's been bottled up. I gotta get it all out. (laughs) I am in full motion over here. My hands are going. I am just like so elated to be back in this space. And I'm so excited that I'm starting the show this season off. With you, your episode was one that was very highly rated last year. We had so many people listen in to you and really take some tips that you provided during that time. So I'm so glad to welcome you back. And also because we need to recap our first of its kind, hilariously unemployed holiday party. But before we do that, JRS, I'd like to get some of your thoughts on some of the recent news when it comes to layoffs. So the unemployment rate, as they claim, is still 3.7%. And it's been that way since about October of last year. But I know I'm not the only one who has noticed the amount, the mass amounts of people saying that they've been impacted or they've been laid off. So these are just some of the companies that have been on my radar. And I don't know if you've heard them anymore, but of course, I want you to share those. So DocuSign, Snap, Paramount, Google, Instacart, TikTok, Duolingo, Wayfair, Levi's, eBay, Salesforce. And as soon as about six hours ago, Nike announced that they were laying off 2% of their employees. 2% doesn't sound a lot, but that's about 1,700 people that will be impacted. J-Russ, your thoughts. Have you heard anything different? I just hear everyone say, it's a tough market. It's a tough market. It's a tough market. Um, As they're trying to encourage me uh, in month nine of searching for my next uh, opportunity. And while folks are are kind to uh, make those statements, it is tough out there. Um, I've not heard anything different. I've also heard, and I know this is close to your heart, Dana, that so many companies are doing across the board um, layoffs, but also a lot of reduction for all things DEI. And to see so many companies um, a few years ago make such proclamations of how anti-racist their companies are trying to be and and their focus on inclusion and belonging, to see that kind of go out the door in so many ways is, is a bit disheartening. You said it, and I believe it, um, J. Russ. It is. It's truly disheartening to see that. And I think that with the position that I'm in where I'm not a full-time person, but I am contracting, I honestly think that the reduction in people who are in-house doing DEI is the reason why I've been so booked and busy because <laughs> they've laid everybody off that did the job that I used to do. And now they're like, oh, can we just pay you to come and do it for us really quickly? <laughs> So it's very, very sad to see that we don't have those in-house DEI practitioners because while I'm excited to come into these organizations and work with them for whatever time frame, you really need to be able to move the needle on a day-to-day basis and not just have me pop in for a session or just talk to your employee base. I believe that the role of DEI practitioners and in the future therapists, mental health providers, is going to be pivotal in our workforce as we continue to grow and elevate. Um, so I'm really sad that we're taking that step back. And then also in your realm, J-Russ, I'm still seeing these mass amounts of layoffs from people in HR. What is going on? Do the humans not need any more resources? <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that's such a funny question. I don't know. They don't need my resources. <laughs> oh, but I, I want to comment on your comment on, okay, lots of layoffs are happening in the DEI space and in the people space, um, but you're getting work. And, and that's amazing. And my hope is that a lot of companies didn't do well with positioning their DEI leaders, who are sometimes also their people leaders, mm -hmm. but they didn't do well with positioning those folks to really have the power and authority to make change. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is folks can hear content like what you're sharing and then see the trickle from everyone from the CEO down. So it's not just, oh, this is a, you know, associate person who does this thing on the side with mm -hmm. programs, but see it really integrated into like all aspects of what we're doing. Because I mean, it's, we're living in a crazy world and people need to know that they're, what they bring to the table matters. And especially when it's typically more on the margins that they are, um, they are included in how decisions are being made and how money is being made as well. Absolutely. DEI is not a side dish, y'all. You need to pull entree if you really want it to work and really want it to be a thing. And DEI is not just the role of those people leaders who you say do this additional job. DEI is literally the responsibility of everybody inside of your organization. So when you think about your policies, your practices, your procedures, whatever it is that you are doing on a day-to-day, -day, DEI should be embedded in the culture of your company so much so that you shouldn't have these large shifts and you shouldn't have to lay those people off because you know why? When you have a diverse and inclusive company, you are driving more revenue, your teams are more prone to make better decisions, and you are innovating and kicking your competition's but to say the least, so there is your business case for DEI, although you shouldn't need it. Just be a good human, especially in the workplace, because Lord knows we need it. All right, J-Russ, so you mentioned that you've been laid off now for nine months. So talk to us a little bit about your path through this, this time, because we talked to you late last year. But I want you to talk about what's been happening since then and kind of catch us up in your job search and some of these crazy scenarios that you've been dealing with. Yeah, I have some really unique and odd uh, interview experiences. I'd love to share some of those. Um, one of the things I think that I mentioned this the last time we connected was using these transitions around careers to do a lot of learning. And so I um, I decided to study for what's called my SHRM certification. Mm -hmm. It's a Society for Human Resource Management. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I was in the process of trying to get my brain to focus on large amounts of material. And um, they typically say like, plan to study for about 120 hours before um, even thinking about taking the, the exam. And I'm trying to get my brain to focus and I'm trying so hard and I'm like, why is this not working? Mm. Um, and so one of the things that I found out, and this is something that my family had talked about for years, um, is that I got an official diagnosis with ADHD and that was really eye-opening. Um, I'd kind of known, you know, based off the way my brain works and my body works, like, hey, this is probably there. But to have that be official and then get started on some prescriptive ways to, to help focus myself, that was pretty amazing. Um, I have good news. I, even though it took me months and months to get my brain to work, um, I feel like both because of mindset work I was doing and then also because of like really trying to figure out how to uh, yeah find the right cocktail of things that will help me. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to pass and get my senior certification for my SHRM um, license, which is exciting. Hey, oh, um, wait, let's pause the celebration. Let's go, Jay Russ. 
We literally found out last week that it's official. And so uh, that was, that's really exciting. Um, I'm hoping that'll help me stand out in the crowd of resumes that everyone is reviewing. Um, but also I've been able to do some really cool volunteer type work. So um, I have a good friend who works at a company called Code the Dream. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to help some of their teams with some personal branding and LinkedIn tips recently. Um, I did a presentation this past week on building self-trust, Ooh, which is wait, a big thing wait, that people... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We got yeah. some things to unpack, j Don't give it all for me. Okay. Let's go um, back to the ADHD. Okay. I want to say welcome to the club. Have you ever seen those Denzel Washington memes where he's stirring, stirring the tea and he's like, I don't want to ruin it for you. Well, <laughs> those of us who are on that spectrum can kind of recognize it in others. So I'm glad you got your official diagnosis and you are working towards making yourself feel your best self. So I'm very, very happy for you. When I was finally diagnosed and was like, oh, that makes a whole bunch of sense now. Um, I felt free. And one of the things that I do to help myself is literally I exercise like crazy and it really helps me with my mental clarity. So it's a great way for me to start my day. Um, ADHD is something that you can be as successful as you want to with. Don't take your diagnosis as, oh no, woe is me. And now I can't. Oh, well, yes, is you. And now you can. You just don't go on a straight line. You zigzag, baby. And people like that about me. So, J. Russ, welcome. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry about all the laugh breaks, y'all, but we see each other. All right, J-Russ. So tell me, in finding out your diagnosis, while you were going through, like, trying to figure out your that is an ode to Missy Missamini Elliott, who is from where I'm from. So if you know that song reference, that is why I said that. But your new SHRM certification, how hard was this? I think that the content is, it makes a lot of sense. I've been in this space for about a decade. And so the actual content, um, I've had a lot of exposure to over my uh you know, the last decade of working in a lot of different types of positions. Mm-hmm. But the tricky part, like any standardized test, is learning how to take the test. Mm. And so in a lot of the study groups I've been in, it's like, oh my gosh, like it's one thing to know the information. It's another thing to like try and apply that in this very structured way in a world that like doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. So I found myself like wrestling with the questions and being like, this is not realistic. Like, let me tell you the seven reasons why this particular situation isn't real life. And then um, I heard an instructor say, hey, you got to pretend we're in like Sherm world Mm. with zero, like uh, no limitation to budget and no limitation to time and no limitation to actual like operations of day-to-day business. (laughs) And so once I got over that block, um, you know, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Um, so learning how to take the test was a bit more difficult for me, but I feel like once I got into that pretend sherm world, I was able to, to push through. Of course you were. You're amazing. Um, also I like to talk about the fact that, and I think it's because you're an ADHD or like me, you had a shower thought. <laughs> Shower thought last year, and um, you jumped in my DMs and said, Hey, I was thinking about this in the shower, not in a weird way, <laughs> but 
I miss the fact that since I'm unemployed, I don't get to go to a holiday party. And I'm sure other people are missing that fact too. So j tell us about your, not just shower child, but tell us about your thought process and what we ended up doing last year. I'd like for you to share. Yeah, I mean, I feel like just being able to collaborate with an entrepreneur like you was really exciting. We, I, I brought up this random idea like 10 minutes before Christmas and was like, hey, why don't we throw a party for people who don't have a holiday party to go to? And really, I mean, I feel like within a week it came together. We had about 40-ish people there and yeah. we were able to get about 15 different prizes for people to have that are really aligned with uh, their job search and trying to figure out what's next for them. We had a really fun uh, trivia that you hosted. And, mm-hmm. and I think we just got to treat people um, in a loving way and in a difficult season. And so it was really special to um, both be able to be generous. Like it, I feel like it generosity begat more generosity. It was really cool. And also just have like something fun to put together um, so that people felt celebrated. Yeah, I was so surprised by the turnout and the people who found us who weren't even, they weren't listeners of the podcast. Maybe they were connected to J-Russ. Maybe they were connected to me. Or maybe somebody just told them that we were having this unemployment party. And the amount of people that showed up, some who had RSVP'd and some who had not. But when they saw that we had a prize wheel child, they were like, um, my name is not on there and I don't have a job. How can I get on the prize wheel? So we were able to give away coaching hours. We were able to give away resume building services, gift cards. We had some amazing sponsors. One of them, French's Leadership Solutions. We had the Joyful Leader who sponsored something. Shira Ali and Associates was also a sponsor during that time. Taz Rajabali sponsored something. So like the career coaches, the folks, they really poured out for our people who are unemployed for that virtual holiday party. And J-Russ, if you have me, if you accept this ring, I say let's do it again. Even if we are millionaires, um, we can just give away more prizes in December. I'm so down. I'd love to be the person who can offer the prize this time. Uh, That would be my goal. Yeah, I'm good for at least a Dunkin' gift card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so much fun. And we got to hear from some people. We did some trivia. Uh, They learned a little bit more about the show. It was awesome, y'all. Just connecting in that way. All right. So, J-Rush, you told me you had some new, unfortunately, some new interview process stories and some new things that have happened while you've been on your search. Some hilarious and some just shady, y'all. Please treat my good, good girl, J-Rush, a lot better. Y'all recruiters, y'all hiring managers, don't do my sis like that. J-Rush, tell us what's going on. Well, I'm like everyone who has talked to anyone who is in the job search, there's a lot of just silence, right? So it's like, you're supposed to be appreciative of even hearing back. So there's that element of like, okay, you're putting lots of energy and effort out into the world and just hoping that someone reads what you, you've submitted. But, but one of the more interesting dynamics that I um, had during an interview was typically, you know, you might see like a project or something that demonstrates your actual skills. And they had a very particular way of doing business, um, particularly around recruiting. And I interviewed the CEO mm-hmm. because he was, quote unquote, applying for um, a project marketer. Mm-hmm. And so they, they gave me a brief of the, the job description. They gave me the pretend resume of the, the CEO who's mm-hmm. actually, you know, this kind of 
not very uh, talkative <laughs> project manager. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed the CEO before really meeting him. Mm-hmm. So that was really an interesting one. I also had one where um, they said, okay, the next application is going to be, or the next interview is going to be on Slack. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Maybe we'll do like a video huddle or something. Mm-hmm. But it was actually um, completely chat-based. So I showed up at the designated time and there was no video or no voice. It was legitimately just typing back and forth with the person who was in London. And they said, you know, we've got folks from 120 different countries on our on our team. And so we want to make sure you can communicate in this way. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Um, if, if anyone on the, the call has ever done aptitude tests, which I think are... Oh, just un- unnecessarily stressful. They they say, hey, you know, you've got 15 minutes to answer 50 questions. You won't finish them all, but we want to see how smart you are. Ready, oh, go. Gosh. That <laughs> is those anxiety written. No, thank oh, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's an interesting space out there right now. Well, I've never, ever heard anyone say they were doing a Slack interview ever in my life. So that definitely is different. I caught up with some friends um, yesterday who've been impacted by layoffs. And one of them was sharing the fact that she applied to this company that has pirate in the name. And when they reached out to her, they said, ahoy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, personal branding or or company branding. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. And then they sent out rejection emails to everybody accidentally. So the, the, the email that they sent to correct it said, Arg! <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that no, is fantastic. No. Y'all got to stop playing like that. Like I get the puns, but like, don't, don't send me puns. We don't want my job search. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my gosh. I bet who, like it just, I have been the person to send out those emails and I bet they were freaking out. I I go like, can I call it back? Please let me take it back. I don't want them to see this. They sent that email like, hey, you are no longer, you know, in the running for this position to everybody that had applied. And then they had to go back and be like, hey, just kidding. You're still in the running. We're going to contact you in a week or so. And then they didn't contact her. They ghosted her. So that really sucked. But um, and just know that some of these companies, y'all, I mean, we got to really start putting people first and more human aspects first because I get it. Things happen and you can make a mistake, but I feel like that deserved a phone call. You just <laughs> shut my yeah. dreams down. It surprises me. Like in the past, I've hired for lots of different types of roles. And if I've come in person or spent, you know, five, six hours with someone in, in a process, you, you know, I will give them a phone call. I will say, hey, I know this is a bummer. Do you want to talk about feedback? But there's none of that. It's kind of, uh, you know, we're moving on. At the same time, I know that recruiters, you know, it's not like they're choosing to to ignore you. They probably are trying to fill 10 to 20 to 30 different roles at once. And they're trying to navigate like hiring managers who say they want one thing and then they find that one thing and they decide they want something else. You know, it's, it is, I don't think it's, um, just difficult on on our side of things. I think it can be really difficult for recruiters as well because they're trying to navigate uh, a lot of different dynamics. Um, But it it is a disappointment whenever you don't get to like 
really get a sense of like what happened here. You know, there have been many instances legitimately in the last seven days where I'm like jiving with a person. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like we will be such good coworkers. I can't wait to start working with this person. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, just get an email saying, thanks, but no thanks. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, I mean, thanks for following up with me, I guess, but this is just really disappointing. I guess that's how my dates feel. You know, they feel so connected to me. They're falling in love. And then I'm like, not a fit. Really into it. That was fun, but let's not do it again. Um, <laughs> You're breaking hearts, baby girl. You're breaking hearts. <laughs> Send a rejection email, okay? <laughs> just not a good candidate for this role. We found someone whose qualifications fit the description much better. You you mentioned talking about uh you mentioned earlier in this show uh resilience and kind of self-trust. So I'd like to go back to that and talk about that theme. How have you found your resilience? Because we're talking nine months. And I know in the last time you were here, you told us that that unemployment process with uh, the state of North Carolina was not one that was friendly. So how are you surviving, my friend? Well, uh, unemployment is no more. <laughs> we are well past the day of getting unemployment. But I have um, I have been able to secure lots of consulting opportunities, which has been really cool. I am very clear that I don't want to build my own consultancy long term. I love working in internal teams too much for that. But I'm paying bills right now through ama- amazing humans like the ones on this call who are like, hey, we've got this people issue or we've got mm-hmm. this operations issue or we have this thing that we just don't have time to do. Yeah. Could you jump in and do it for us? And usually there's a sense of like, could you do it by like next week, kind of quicker mm. than what you would even think you would need. Um, and so that um, being available and being willing to kind of jump in and learn new things has been really helpful. I have been doing a lot of analytics work, which has been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking basically like lots of data and presenting it in a way that is both visually and like intellectually and also just like practically applicable. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but in terms of self-trust, I think, um, so I learned on a podcast from a lady who legitimately the podcast is called I Have ADHD. <laughs> um, she talked about how so many people who have ADHD struggle with self-trust. And as she was talking about it and kind of explaining and defining it, I was like, oh my goodness, I could enter anyone who's been socialized as a woman (laughs) into this bucket. I could enter anyone who has like a religious background into this bucket. There's there's a certain dynamic of the struggle of trusting yourself that I think um, is just woven into our society. And there's elements of like perfection and like wanting to volunteer for everything and then struggling with following through and Mm -hmm. being disappointed when you don't meet unrealistic expectations of yourself. And so what self-trust is, isn't saying I'm hundred percent always going to follow through and I'm never going to let any fall through the cracks. It's more saying like, I believe my experience is real and valid. And I believe that I'm going to be able to figure it out no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really interesting because it's been tough. Like I have a partner and we both are like, man, this is tough. Like there are times when we've gone to the grocery store and been like, we might not be able to get the groceries we want. Mm -hmm. And that is a level of privilege that I've never had to navigate that dynamic before. 
And so um, part of it has been being really creative with my partner. <laughs> and part of it is like, okay, I trust that like, I'm able to bring in these uh, contracts. And if they run out, I can figure something else out. You know, I, we yeah. can go talk to our family in different ways. We could go to the grocery store and get a job if we need to. But um, really trying to center and the terms that I hadn't really spent much time learning about, but an external locus of control, mm-hmm. or some people call it an evaluation, like when this idea that if other people are happy with me, I can be happy with myself. That is yeah. often how I've operated. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is like de- developmental processes that happen as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, when you aren't really taught to trust your own instincts. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it, 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 you can often think it's not your, it's, it's your fault. Like, oh, wow. I can't trust myself and it's because I'm a bad person, but it's like, no, there's work that we can do to really believe that our perspectives are valid. That like, even if I don't have a salaried job (laughs) right now, I know that like, I'm going to be able to pivot. I'm going to be able to work it out. Um, I'm going to make good decisions based off of the best information I have. Um, That is not true every day, but that is uh, what I'm working towards. Um, and, and the mindset work that we've talked about in the past and also just learning like, huh, I need to to not really care so much about other people's perspectives and, and really try and figure out how to just trust myself. Yeah, you do. Oh, J. Russ, I love that. Thank you for being so transparent there, so vulnerable and so open and honest and kind of giving us a gaze into what it's been like for you. I will say like what you were saying about self-trust and, you know, self-doubt and I struggled and I told you this, I struggled with launching season two of the podcast because I felt like, oh, I need to come back with a big bang and I need to have a notable guest and I want to be able to do this and do that. And I wanted to have swag available for the release of the show, but I was missing it so much. I was missing this space. I was missing the connection and really the community that is here because I think in reflecting over the past, you know, several Fridays where the show hasn't been live, it was a void for me. I think that um, it's a void for me. And I've been doing like, I've kind of been on a little press tour talking about the show. And one thing that I share is that this show really helped me, although I, I'm I'm setting out to help others and that's my mission. It really helped me by creating community around me and showing me what I was meant to do. Like, I truly believe that I am meant to do this and use my voice in this way to help other people. So self-trust, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, like just do it for real. Like I just did it. I said, J-Ross, listen, I'm having a trouble with launching season two. The people love you. Let, let's let's go back. Let's give them some more. Let's tell them about our holiday party. And of course, my good friend was like, yeah, let's do it. So here we are. I love that. I The skill of resilience and even just like, trying and cultivating that skill it's not one we talk about very much in the workplace but it definitely is something that um encourages employees inspires leaders like helps companies stay competitive and relevant but like this is what it's about it's like oh i'm having a doubting myself moment i wanted to be more prepared i wanted to I'd love to come on here and be like, girl, I got an offer. Let's celebrate. But I'm like, I'm still in the middle of this and it's a little embarrassing, but I want to talk to you, you know? Um, But I think that uh, this kind of discomfort and dealing with the disappointment and working through it, Mm -hmm. you know, quite literally like 
enduring, adapting, and growing in the face of adversity and stress, like that is a life skill that is important regardless uh, of the job that we have or how we make money or how we, you know, show up in the world. So I, it's awesome to be able to to develop that skill together. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks. Don't get me wrong, but I think we are better for it. We are, we are better for it. We are able to create out of dust. Like we are able to make things happen. I know that you said you've been tapping into your creative space when it comes to your art. And, you know, sometimes you just don't have the time to do that. Right. So I think about the amount of time that I spent working for other people and now the amount of time that I have really just creating my own dreams and creating a space for myself. And I'm grateful for the time because it allows me to use all of my creative energy to fuel something that I'm passionate about. Tell us about your art, because I know that's something that helps you. Yeah. So art and salsa dancing are two things that hey, we jump a lot. I know you was a salsa dancer, Jay and yeah, it's it, those are two things that I'm like, I never want to make any money off of them. I just want to enjoy them. <laughs> and so um, there's something called art journaling, which Google it, look on Instagram. There's lots of fun ideas of what this looks like. I'm not someone who's like, I'm an amazing drawler. You know, like mm-hmm. I just throw some stuff on the page and play with, you know, scraps of paper and put them together. But um, I think that I heard, I, it may have been Brene Brown. There's talks about how, you go from head to heart with your hands and having creativity as a part of your process can help you take things that are stuck in your brain and really like bring them into your body. Mm -hmm. And so um, my husband and I like legitimately every single day, we send a piece of art to one of our friends who, oh my goodness, the world has slapped her and her family upside down and we don't need to go into that. But like every day we send her a piece of art mm-hmm. and um, it's not anything, you know, that you'd make a ton of money off of. It's just like a little inspira- inspirational quote or a word or a small little affirmation or word of encouragement. But um, that process of knowing, hey, her life feels like it's falling apart. We've got this small little act of love that goes a long way. And I do the same thing in my own. I I just take an old book and rip out some of the pages and do art inside of the book. Mm -hmm. And it helps me. Some people are really great at like meditation or prayer or or have those skill sets of being like silent by themselves. Mm -hmm. But part of my learning with ADHD is that like kinesthetic learning is a thing. Like for me, my brain gets quiet when my mind is focused on something my hands are doing. And so being able to create with my hands, do something that's not the most beautiful thing in the world, but helps me process what's going on, um, calms my body in a way that very few other things do. I like that, J. Russ. Um, When I think about trying to calm myself, sometimes it's literally just being on the phone uh, with my friend, the joyful leader herself. We do a lot of uh, shadow work. I mean, we don't call her that for no reason. Of course, it's her personal brand, but she literally is a joyful leader. But part of it is just like, we'll be having the most random conversations and I'm just able to spill my brain, no matter how weird or how wonky, because these thoughts get a little, <laughs> y'all think y'all get a lot of me on this podcast, child, the joyful leader is like, huh, how did that? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it'll all connect. 
at the end of the conversation. But we literally will just sit there and shadow work. And I will get so much done because the the way that my brain functions is like, if I could just dump all of that randomness that is happening out, I'm still so productive with my hands and I'm clicking and I'm clacking and I'm building a Canva or doing this thing. So it's truly amazing to see the ways that our brain functions and the ways that we can kind of navigate that ADHD space. So something else that you shared with me before we got on the call was this idea of trading services. Now, y'all know Usher did the Super Bowl and he has that song, Trading Places. We're not talking about that. We're talking about trading professional services to rest enlighten the people on this act. Yeah, so I have, um, I now call her a friend. She was someone I just met on Facebook who was doing uh, some really cool trainings in HR. And she had an opportunity where she was like, hey, get in early, get a great rate on this training program that I'm doing. It's basically going to be, you know, once a week for the whole year. And I was like, 100% sign me up. I, as soon as I get a job, will gladly pay you for this. And um, we put a date on it. And that date came and went. Really? <laughs> and she was like, hey, remember that time? And I was like, <laughs> I am so embarrassed. I can't pay you. Oh, um, man. And I was blown away by her response. So I, I made an offer to her and I said, hey, over the course of you know getting to know you and, and hearing you teach, I know that you have a few goals and the goals that you have, you, she's a you know new business owner, mm-hmm. probably don't have time to do them. So I'm like, why don't I take a stab at doing this for you? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she was so generous. She wrote me back and she was like, I do not do this for the money, 100%. Like, let's trade services. Let's do this thing. And it's been so cool because I can show up to her weekly training sessions um, and not feel guilty and awkward that I haven't compensated her for her work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can also use my skills to, uh, you know, hopefully help her build her brand and and make things a little bit more automated and simple. And so I've had a lot of little moments like this where I'm like, I'm going to be really uncomfortable and vulnerable and ask for this thing that I need. And, and I don't, even have the words to do it. Um, And the way that people have responded, the generosity and the kindness and just like the human moments, you know, um, it's been really, really incredible. Growth comes in the most uncomfortable of places. You know, when we are flexing our abilities and we are trying to navigate through tough times, that is when we have our most exponential growth. So kudos to you for saying, hey, sis, I ain't got that cash, but I could do this for you. And it working. And you all are going to be lifelong colleagues and friends because one of the things that fuels you is not the paper. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's the passion. Mm-hmm. Like you are literally. So when we did this holiday party together, y'all, HR had, uh, J-Ross had a, a spreadsheet for spreadsheets. And me, I told y'all, I add in color. So I don't excel. <laughs> I can go in there and I can plug the things in. But if you ask me to formulate a formula, baby girl, no. But meet me on Canva and that's where I'm going to cross you up. So J-Ross is just very much in the sheets. And I'm very much in the creative space of like, I'm going to show up, have my ring light. I'm going to wear my lip gloss and I'm going to say what's up to the people. We're going to have a good time. So knowing what your strengths are and being able to offer those strengths to somebody else, that's an example of community. So in January, everybody was saying like, what's your word of the year? What's your word of the year? They were making the post and saying, and I was like, I don't know. I was trying to figure it out. Well, here we are, February, Black History Month, may I add. 
My word of the year is community because I've been able to fortify that in a space and I'm thankful for each and every one of you that are a part of that. Jay West, back to you. So, you know, every single episode, we have to talk about this AI thing. Tell me what's up with ChatGPT and what you've been doing with it lately. You know, it it surprises me how many uh, leaders, especially of organizations, have a fear-based approach to this. I, I've heard of very progressive nonprofits and, and pretty innovative school systems basically being like, absolutely not. Don't use these tools. It's all bad. None of it's accurate. It, it just like a, a complete like fear perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, when we do that, it, it's just going to keep us behind. You know, it's going to allow other people to get in front of us and, and to be more competitive and to be, you know, have easier access to information. And so a lot of my learning since, I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks, but a lot of my learning since no longer studying for SHRM has been around building prompts with ChatGPT. Like we all know that we can go into ChatGPT. There's a, a free option and a paid option. You can go in, you can ask it to like, you know, give it three different things in your refrigerator and ask it to make a recipe for you or ask how to explain quantum physics to your second you know, second grader. But there's so much that goes into getting the information, the best information out of it. And so um, I've been doing some studying on legitimately the best way to create prompts and what um, kind of inputs to to give ChatGPT so that you can get the outputs that you want. And I am by no means any kind of expert. There's lots of, and I, I may give you a couple links to put in the, the notes, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of great leaders who I've watched on LinkedIn and kind of been blown away by. Um, and so a lot of it has kind of been what I've learned is called uh, FAFO. Have, have you ever heard of this? No, FAFO? please explain. It's F around and find out. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say it like that. I just say the words. I'm going to be straight out with you, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's a lot of just like, let's figure out what works. And so um, I decided, hey, I'm going to go pay the 20 bucks for a month. I'm going to get ChatGPT4 and then learn all the different plugins. Mm-hmm. So the access to information that's available um, and the way you can outsource it or like um, out, uh, export it into other tools that help you be more productive is unbelievable. And so uh, that's been a fun way to kind of try and figure out how to stay relevant and to think through how in my future job, when I get it, we're going to speak that, um, you know, I'd be able to use this to make me more efficient, to make me more effective. It's not to outsource my job. It's mm-hmm. basically, you know, I heard one um, YouTube instructor say, Think about the most ideal, amazing intern that you could have to help you with your work and write a description of that person. And that's basically who can help you in the chat GPT process. And so it just basically lets you work faster and more efficient and more intelligently. Um, and I by no means think it's going to uh, take over our jobs. And I also don't think it's uh, something that you want to shield people from. You know, I've heard some companies creating policies that say, don't use this. It's 100% outlawed. You're going to get in trouble if you do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, throw a, a half-written sentence into chat GPT and ask it to make it, you know, sound more professional or sound more witty. Or like if you're planning a retreat for your staff and it, you know, the, you know, you're doing superhero characters, 
throw something in a chat GPT and say, hey, make this sound like Batman wrote it. And it just like makes life a little bit more fun and a little bit more creative and gives you the ability to, um, you could totally probably write that email yourself, but it helps you just use your brain in different ways, which I find really fun. Um, I'm glad you said that. So I will give y'all my confession. So um, written communication is my least favorite form of communication. I can write and I can put my thoughts out and share them with you all. Like I can do the LinkedIn posts, but as you see, my LinkedIn posts are just how I talk because (laughs) written communication is not my favorite form. You know, running this big old mouth on this microphone is my favorite form of communicating with people. Like I'm live and in person, but ChatGPT does help me with this podcast thing. So I always speak in a we as if I have a team, but it's literally me. So when it comes time to edit the episodes and put them out on all the different platforms, ChatGPT is the one providing me with my descriptions, my hashtags for YouTube, um, and helping me do that process. When I first started, I didn't use that tool. And I was like, what do I say? What do I do? How do I do this? And it took me so long. But ChatGPT has helped me focus on the part of podcasting that I love, which is talking and connecting with my guests. And it's taken on that written communication form. Now it's not perfect. And it has to sound like big speaker because... I only sound like big speaker. So I really have to allow it to get to know me and be like, no, that's not how I would do that. Um, And I have to make edits to it, but it's a great tool. And it's truly been a resource for me um, and helped me in in creating this platform that has connected with so many folks. And I want to respond to that and just say like, amen, like let it use AI to help you do what you do well and essentially outsource the things that you don't really want to spend your brain power on because that is uh, such a smart way to work. I mean, obviously if you're a lawyer and you need to quote, you know, particular citations from a particular book, it's not going to help you in that way, but it can help you communicate more professionally or help you, you know, edit your stuff before you put it out there. I also think that, um, you know, so many tools have integrated AI into what they're doing. And the idea of, you know, your word community being paired with AI has been really fun in my world. I've got a amazing new friend, her name's Carrie, and she, um, her and I, we were studying for our SHRM certification together. And then we, I was like, okay, we don't need to do that anymore. We're good. Mm-hmm. But she's like, let's keep hanging out. And so we've been kind of exploring um, the different functions of what we'd need ChatGPT to do together. And so she'll kind of do some learning on her own. I'll do some learning on my own. And then we'll get together and share what we've learned together. And it's been fun to be able to kind of make those discoveries uh, with a friend who we're both trying to get after the same type, type of work. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to be reaching out to you girls. Send me them prompts. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I was on a call. I did a keynote earlier this week. And um, so I know before uh, in season one, I was telling y'all, I was a 20-minute keynote killer. Well, this company's call ran a little longer. So I had to be the 15-minute keynote killer. And let me just tell you, I smoked it, baby. (laughs) So now I am officially the 15-minute keynote killer. If you need anything express, I'm your girl and I do it the best. But I love that. I love that. Yes. Hire Dana. For 15 to 30 minutes. Well, yeah. <laughs> but they were saying that they were hiring their first CAIO, Chief Artificial Intelligence Officer. I was like, oh, 
What? I didn't even think about that being a thing. But yeah, it's a thing. These AR jobs are coming. Like AI is here. Get yourself acclimated to it. Learn what you need to learn. Make sure that whatever AI you're using, because we know it's biased. Um, myself and my friend learned that when we were trying to make images of ourselves in the form of game characters for an upcoming conference, it tried to make us Asian or white women each and every time or drastically exaggerated our beautiful black features to where we were unrecognizable. So there is bias in AI, y'all. So make sure that when you are using this AI, you check the bias that the AI has by making sure that your biases move from unconscious to conscious. And if you need somebody to help you with that, I've got an award-winning unconscious bias training. It's called You Can Sit With Us, Creating Inclusive Spaces. <laughs> All right, j I would like for you to tell a future employer, anybody who's listening or a connection who has the key to your next opportunity, what it is that you're looking for, because I truly hope this is the last time I have to have you on this platform saying that you're still hilariously unemployed, child. Oh my gosh, I enjoy you so much. That's um, what my boyfriend say. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I am very actively looking. Most of the positions that I'm looking at are um, like a human resource business partner, an HRBP, mm -hmm. or a people business partner. I'm also looking at um, senior manager and director roles of people or of culture and people or HR or all the different ways people want to flavor it. Um, but I think the thing that makes me stand out the most is I've had experience across so many different industries and I come from a background of community development. And so I've got this, you know, SHRM certification now of like, you know, the things in HR, but you're bringing with you a level of entrepreneurship and creativity that focuses on pairing business strategy to people initiatives. Mm -hmm. And so that's what gets me excited. That's what I want to be about um, making decisions off of data. And then also like making people feel like they belong and can do their best work. I love being able to remove blockers from staff whenever things come up mm -hmm. and so that they can kind of use their time the best way that they need to use their time to get their work done. And so I am excited to, to come back soon and say, hey, I got my, my job based off of the conversations we've had. Um, that's my hope. Awesome. Okay, community, do y'all thing. J. Russ is already pretty. Now we know we got to get her paid, okay? Because I like my guests to be pretty and paid just like me. So do your thing, J. Russ. I want to thank you once again for being my opening act for this season two of the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast community. Thank y'all so much for pulling up on me today and spending yet another Friday of your lives with the big speaker. Hilarious, I missed you so much and I'm working on that merch. So we will have some things that are coming out very, very soon. I'm so, so excited for what this new season will bring y'all. I am still actively recruiting people to be on the show. So whoever is hilariously unemployed in your network, send the link, tell them to reach out to me so we can get them the support that they need and hopefully help them find their next opportunity. I have been your host and the big speaker, y'all. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye.